0: comics my name is marvin this is the comic book podcast where we tell you about the comics coming out for this week this week is july 29th uh i almost said 1986 how, how does that even make sense july 29th 2020 and uh to my right ap18 himself alex how you doing
1: hello everybody i am well thank you
0: <laughs> and to my love that's uh, gw himself garrett how you doing I'm doing good. Once again, Wednesday Comics Podcast. My name is Marvin. Uh, we're here to hear the comics coming out for that week, July 29th, and also review some comics that came out last week, and uh, at the end of the show, catching up and seeing what else we've been delving into. Do we catch up on anything? Are we doing anything else uh, during this time when, uh, you know what? Uh, indoor activities only. Uh, I mean, there's some outdoor activities, but uh, yeah, you're, you're told to stay inside, so we try to. Um. So uh, that song was the Isley Brothers. So I don't know if you guys know that. Between the Sheets. That's what it's called. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I was playing that because uh, I've been on a recent binge about uh, going listening to samples from uh, that you know like hip hop or rap songs. You know they sample songs as a beat, and that was one sample. Uh, and if any listener knows, let me know at uh, Marvin We're on Twitter. Let me know what rap song sampled that song. Uh, I know. But I wanna know if you know, so there you go. Uh like we said, july 29th, twenty twenty. Uh the last Wednesday in July, can you believe it? Even though it does seem like twenty twenty one, uh we're still rolling through. It's the year's going by quick and also slow. You know what I mean? It feels like I haven't done anything this year, but also feels like uh I uh, it feels like it's passing me by, you know what I mean? like yes everyday seems the same so it's hard to gauge time and uh therefore uh it seems like it should be uh longer but uh, it's only still July when nice day outside i see the sun setting uh all right now i see a nice little yellow orange hue uh it's been pretty nice outside considering uh everything going on so you got to take the little silver linings you can in life uh which actually speaking of which um I don't think we ever talked about this in the show that uh, Supercon 2020 uh, Volume 5, which we were going to be at, has been canceled uh, due to the pandemic uh, this year. But they are going to do an online uh, Comic-Con, which Comic-Con, San Diego Comic-Con, actually just got done with this last weekend, uh, which I heard actually uh, a lot of people liked it. So that's cool um, that something like that can uh, thrive in this kind of situation. You know, you make the best of what you have and uh, sometimes... You know, you just got to roll with the punches. And uh, that's how keep things going. You know, people want to get together and talk about the things that they love. And so uh, our local uh, Comic Con is going to do that also. SuperCon, uh, it's September, I believe, right?
2: Uh, is it October. I think it's October, the first weekend of October.
0: Well, you know what would help if I go to supercon.com for more information? October 3rd and 4th, 2020, SuperCon Online. Uh, go to supercon.com for more information just want to shout that out uh I like how they pivot they're not gonna just give up on the whole thing October uh you know what October makes a lot of more sense too uh, October feels like a, a nice season it's not too hot you go out there in your uh, cosplay and uh you know take pictures uh share them online uh feel free to share them with us also I, I like to see a nice a gambit Alex you're dressed up like gambit
1: <laughs> Oof! No, you know, Gambit's good. I like Gambit. That's Banshee, good uh, but but I I want those colorful uh, um, contact lenses. I want to look like I got the power.
0: Would you rather have the powers of Banshee or Gambit?
1: Oh, Gambit.
0: Banshee, you you don't want to yell and break shit.
1: No, I want to charge some stuff and just chuck. Then it you at always got
0: to wear those fucking gloves. The, can he control it that yeah. much? Yeah, he can control it. Yeah, yeah, you're right.
1: Yeah, he can. It's
0: fingerless gloves, right? That he wears. Yeah.
1: Oh. Okay. Yeah. Dude, you tell me you don't have a collection of Yu-Gi-Oh cards or Magic the Gathering cards that you couldn't just sit there and just charge cards and start chucking them at people? Well, I mean, I playing do.
0: cards aren't that expensive. Just go buy playing cards at the store. Why are you chucking Yu-Gi-Oh cards?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Why? Get, yeah, there's no dragon look, that's going to pop out. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I'm, I'm saying if you got all these common cards that aren't doing you any good, you might as well chuck them at well, people. Well, I mean, no, no, the only waste. I could use those playing cards for speed or I other, mean, not the drug. But the
0: only reason he uses those cards is because he's gambling and stuff like that. You can use anything you want to. You could use nails. You yeah. could use Tic Tacs. You know. <laughs> nails. Um, <laughs> did I mean to say? Did I mean to say tax? Yes, but Tic Tacs came out. Uh, uh, Snickers bar. You know, charge that shit up and throw it at somebody. Uh, That's when
1: I would charge it up and give it to Garrett, So boy. I would hold the
0: Snickers. If I had the power of Gambit, I would hold the Snickers and say, Hungry, and then I would charge it up and throw it at him and go, Why wait? And it would kill him. So <laughs> uh, Image Comics, here we go, July 29, 2020. Ascender number 11, new story arc, The Digital Mage. This is Jeff Lemire and Dustin Wynn. Part 1, Captain Tesla is doing her best to shake off young Mila and Bandit. But things are getting harder when an old robot wants to tag along Driller the Killer Robot. Ah, he showed up last issue, if we all remember that. Uh, What do you think, Garrett?
2: So excited. Give me some more, Ascender. And yes, Driller the Killer, who hates Hermans, is back. Can't wait.
0: There you go. Ascender, obviously the uh, sequel to Descender and the second part of the trilogy from... uh, uh, Jeff Lemire, I believe. They're going to do a, a third one they announced. so. Uh, yes. Black Magic, number 12. Greg Rucka and Nicola Scott's new story arc, Ascension, number one, part one. The acclaimed series returns from New York Times best-selling teen Greg Rucka and Nicola Scott. Rowan Black is a cop. Rowan Black is also a witch. Therefore, her life, she has struggled to keep these things separate. Now... The walls are beginning to crumble, and Rowan alienated her friends under investigation on the job and stalked by mysterious forces who are literally hell-bent on using Rowan's power for their own benefit. It's on the verge of crumbling with them. And if the combined forces don't manage to destroy Rowan, she might destroy herself first. Now, I like I like how this illicit uh, goes back and tells you the main concept of Black Magic, because it's been a little while since we've seen Black Magic, right, Alex?
1: Oh, it's gonna be what a year and a half almost now. Uh, I will
0: check. What do you think about Black Ranger Twelve? You ready to get into it?
1: Uh, I'm I'm ready to get back into it, but honestly, it's been so long since I have read whatever issue came before eleven. What is it, ten or eleven? Yeah. I don't remember what was going on, Alex. I mean, what do you I, say? I, you
0: said yeah, about a year. You think? Yeah. No, you're you're not close.
1: Way well, off. Two, two years. years. Three years. March twenty eighth, twenty eighteen. Damn. Shit
0: two years and three months. Oh, excuse me, four months. Almost to the Damn. day. And so it has been a while. So, I mean, yes, introduce yourself again. It is issue 12. So if those trades are out for the past two and it was the end of a story arc, it's a new one. So it would be the opportune time if you had caught up with this during that two-year break, you could also jump on to single issues. But uh, I I think, like you said, Alex, it might take a second to jump back into it, but I remember really enjoying this book. Like, it's a book I've been waiting for to come back out. Um and Greg Rucka, I think he's has been great on Lazarus uh since he
1: came back. And uh I'm
0: interested to see uh him back in the saddle uh of uh black magic. Um,
1: I think I actually missed Nicola Scott art for the fact that it's not all not all the artwork is colored in the book. It's that um is it Sepia? Is that what it's called? Yeah. Uh that looks great except for when you need the flares of colors when it comes to eyes or it comes to fire. Uh, super amped to get back into it i forgot i can't believe two years has passed and i haven't seen this book um but i'm also a little weird to get back into it almost it's kind of like when we got lazarus back and it had been a you know however long it was before we got it back and like does greg ruck still have the chops to write this book
0: i think he does well i mean we'll see we'll see obviously uh hedra number excuse me one shot From Jesse uh, Lonergan and J.C. Lonergan doing the art also. This is a one-shot from Image Comics. Uh, In glorious exploration of comics medium with echoes of 2001 A Space Odyssey, Flash Gordon, Chris Ware, and Mobius, a lone astronaut leaves the world ravaged by nuclear war in search of life. What she finds is beyond all explanation. So I really like this cover uh and so i wanted to talk about this because it does look very interesting to me i did see i was trying to look at a preview to see how the art looked but there's no preview but there's a video preview uh and i wasn't going to play that because obviously you would play right here in the podcast uh but go to the previews world if you want to see how that looks i'll check that out later um very interesting looking kind of book uh definitely in my wheelhouse so uh might check that out it is uh it is a one shot so its five ninety nine, but you know if you're into it, you're into it. Lost Soldiers, number one to five, Alice Cotton. Haven't seen him for a while. Lucas uh, Calera, Casa Languaria, and Heather Moore. Vietnam, 1969, Juarez, 40 years later. Three men tied by the war they left behind on a collision course with a new one. So there you go. The cover looks very interesting to me. Uh, once again, uh, another book that might be right in my wheelhouse. Looking at the preview, it looks uh, actually pretty good. So uh, there you go. Looking for a new book and new miniseries? There's one of five Lost Soldiers from Image Comics. That Texas Blood number two. That is Chris Condon and Jacob Phillips. A brother's conscience, part one. The first five-part story arc begins here. Los Angeles-based writer Randy Turrell returns to his abandoned home of Ambrose County, Texas, after the sudden and mysterious death of his brother Travis. Uh, Gary, you're getting this book, right?
2: Heck yeah! I uh. Issue one is really good, and where, where it left you hanging, I'm definitely interested to pick up in issue two. Uh, this is one I've been waiting, I mean, obviously a month, but it's been a very long month, it feels like, since the first issue came back or came out. So uh definitely uh, can't wait to read this one.
0: It does feel like a while. I mean, like I said, days seem like forever now. It could have been last week, and i it still would have feel like a month. <laughs> uh, IDW Publishing, we got a double dose of and uh, T here. We got T Annual 2020. Uh, Tom Walton, Adam uh, Gorham. The war is over. The dragons destroy, destroy the city. Is saved, but at what cost? Splinter is gone. The turtles are in disarray, and the shredder has returned. But all is not as it seems. As the turtles' most feared enemy struggles with the new this new opportunity to regain his honor. Meanwhile, a nearly a nearly decimated Foot Clan uh, belongs to Kiara. Kiara. Uh, but Karai. J- Karai I know you asked me every time but I'll forget but uh, uh, can she truly tr- rise in the task of the shadow can she truly rise to the task in the shadow of its greatest warrior and how does newly changed Leatherhead fit into post-mutation NYC so what's Leatherhead
1: so what? what what about him
0: you remember he was on that cover for Team T and you said it wasn't him
1: for his cover like to the, la- the last one I don't think it's him though
0: oh okay well this that doesn't that doesn't look like him he just shows up i don't it, know it's
1: almost well he still lives in New york he's still around he's he last week had seen that he ate uh an umtrom and now that umtrom lives in his stomach yeah like he's a, like he's yeah it, it's weird uh I'm actually really excited for this 2020 annual and that's actually one of those things that is so nice about the turtles and especially this issue that we're finally going to maybe get a little more Um, background information about not necessarily how the turtles are doing, but how the foot is doing in the absence of Splinter and with Shredder coming back from the dead. Uh, It's actually really interesting because we we know nothing. They've not talked about it at all. It's all been about the turtles in the main story. Uh, And I I don't know if I want the Shredder to be a good guy. I really want him to be bad again, which is unfortunate because this might be the best way for him to elevate to something more honorable. I mean, that's the whole reason Splinter went back into the astral plan to help him out. So we'll see what happens. This I mean, should you, be good.
0: If you make him like a Magneto-type villain, it uh, might be interesting to see a different take on him because he's always just been the, the bad guy, like the evil bad guy. So, uh, Teamotee ongoing 107. Sophie Campbell, Nelson, Daniel. The Turtles take on to the sewers to confront the newly, excuse me, deadly new creature that is talking to the mutants. That must be the new creature. Uh, when their home court advantage is turned against them. Uh, no one is safe. Meanwhile, a failing out between Baxter and April could have dire consequences for Mutant Town. Uh, Alex, you said this main book has mostly been focusing on the turtles. Looks like we're going to continue that trend uh, with this issue here.
1: So to be fair, I actually did not catch up on the last one, so I don't even have an answer for who they're what what creature, whatever it is they're going to fight. Uh, deep down inside, I hope it's the Killer Pizzas episode three from the first season in the 1987 series uh, would be the coolest callback. So I, I'm excited for this. I just haven't read it, so I can't I can't give you more spoilers than I already have. Let me ask you a
0: question know. about these pizzas. The more toppings they have, does that mean they're stronger?
1: Uh, technically, yes, because the little monsters eat all the pizza mm. after it's been microwaved.
0: Let me ask you a question. I know your answer, but the audience might not. Your favorite pizza, right? Pineapple, uh, Hawaiian pizza, you know, right?
1: Correct. And me, I have switched oh. out the Canadian bacon to Italian sausage to add a little spice.
2: Oh. <laughs> Garrett, what it's do you best. get? Hey man, I'll throw your fucking pineapple in the microwave, and then you can put your cheese and tomato sauce on, and that can be your pizza. Don't ruin my pizza with your pineapple.
1: What did you? What do you put on your pizza? Meat,
2: baby, pepperoni, sausage, ham, bacon. I can't do
0: Same an all thing, meat basically. like that. I don't know. It just not, not a variety for me. I will get supreme, Supreme's or I good. or I go very generic go. with uh, black olive and pepperoni. <laughs> Uh,
1: (laughs) give me that black
0: shit (laughs) as i told alex one time when i was driving (laughs) to his place in college i was like hey alex i came over i'm gonna pick up a couple of pizzas uh what do you want to get i called them didn't answer yourself the voicemail i said hey give me that pepperoni with some black shit on it uh he knew what i was talking about black (laughs) guys you
2: guys gotta try casey's taco pizza that shit
1: is legit
0: Amazing Spider-Man, this Marvel Comics, back at it again. Number forty-five. Nick Spencer, uh, Jose Marina, Casanova. Sins Rising, Part One. Senator is back, and New York City is in trouble. Who will the shotgun toting villain target, and can Spider-Man stand a chance against? Uh, what do you think, you're, Garrett?
2: Wait, what? Oh, that's the start of the arc. Okay, sorry, I got that confused. Yeah, the last one was, was like a prelude. Yeah, yeah, out. yeah. Uh, okay. I don't know. I read that prelude and got to tell you, I mean, it was very dark and like, but then they got to the part where, uh, what's his name? I don't know. It starts with an S where the guy is this sin, original sin guy, not original sin. I don't know. It's kind of, I don't like that part of it, but the character who plays the sin slash punisher guy is okay. But I think this is like a huge, like, deviance from finding out who kindred is and all that so not super i mean i'm interested but also at arm's length if that makes sense
1: but isn't isn't kindred the one who's putting together all this crap
2: yeah so So he's the mastermind and he's the one that's got this sin guy he brought him back to life i guess and is putting him in spider-man's way
1: so i was telling Garrett before the show started that there's a part of me that is is distressed that there's putting so much emphasis on this kindred character that when the time shows where we find out who he is and what this whole plan is about, that it's just gonna be bullshit. If and it's that a it's not he gonna man, happen. it could be. A female. You're right. You're you're right. It could be a female. Could be an evil twin of some sort. Uh, Garrett would know. <laughs> <laughs> I just I, I, I don't know. This is one of those things. Much like when you get uh, the end of the world and Batman and Batman got shot in the face. How is he ever gonna come out of it? There's so much, like, pressure on this book now for, at least to me, to be really good and to blow my mind that I know that at the end of this, I'm not going to be impressed. It's not me being cocky or full of shit. Is Ryan Ollie only
0: in, like, one every six issues? Yeah. Because he was in the last
1: one and then
0: he hasn't been on in a while.
2: Yeah. I mean there was a stretch where he was writing really good, but it was when Spider Man wasn't doing any events and now they're like writing themselves into a corner like, Oh, Kindred's is big bad and he's gonna throw all these villains at Spider Man and then Kindred's gonna show himself but yeah, it's probably gonna be like Norman Osborne's butler or
1: something. Like just something super corny that's not gonna be that much of a payoff. You know what you know what Spider Man needs to start doing? More wrestling moves. I literally wanna see Spider Man RKO, some bad guy. And then stand up and be like, he's the legend killer. God, he'd be so good. You should call out all his wrestling moves as he does then, like like a Power Ranger.
0: I mean, a, a flying elbow <laughs> yes. from the from the top of a building would be his ultimate move. I think, right to the <laughs> fucking throat of a uh, guy. I mean, he doesn't want to kill anybody else. You know what? Almost actually, uh, um, in Spider-Man: The Game, the one, the newest one, right? Uh, you can throw people off the building by kicking them and like swinging them. How is that not like? How is there not like? How does it let you throw people off? Like, Spider-Man would never kill de-
1: them. They're dead.
0: Yeah, I know. And there's even, like, some of the, you know, you can do those, like, super moves if you charge it up enough. Uh, and they kind of, like, show you, like, breaking their fucking neck and stuff. And I'm just like,
2: calm down,
0: Spider-Man. These are just thugs. Like, yeah. That's what the
2: spider bots are for. They're, when they kick them off the building, the spider bots go find them and web them up before they hit the ground.
0: Well, actually, so. Yeah, but I, uh, I remember in a game prior, uh, I think the old Spider-Man game for N64. I think actually that did happen. Like you would try to knock them off, and you had Spider-Man like shoot a web and save them.
1: On um, in Spider-Man Two, the video game that I have for my GameCube, uh, oh, what's his name? He plays uh, Bruce. He plays Ash in. Um, Bruce... Oh, Bruce Campbell. Campbell. Thank you. Bruce Campbell does the voiceover for Spider-Man 2 video game. And he tells you, uh, "You can only be a good guy," but eventually in that game, you get to be Spider. When you're Spider-Man, you can grapple somebody and go to the Empire State Building and throw them off. You know they're dead because you die when you fall off the building. <laughs> so uh, I would do that. I'd pick him up, web-sling all the way to the Empire State Building, chuck them off. And watch them bounce.
2: <laughs> That's pretty fucking sadistic,
1: <laughs> man. <laughs> Which,
0: I mean, if you think about it, how much force does that have to be jumping off the Empire State Building? You think he would survive that, Spider-Man? Like, he's getting hit by Doc Ock's <coughs> arms, uh, Green Goblin shoots a bomb, and he, like, lives still. But he jumps off a building, and he doesn't live? I mean, I understand it's a long way down, but, I mean, the force has to be about equal, right? As, like a bomb? I don't know. It's just a game, but uh, Cable number two, Jerry Dugan, <laughs> fell Noto, Love and Violence. Uh, where are you getting this, Alex? I am. I'm am getting it. Cable number two. I love that cover, by the way. And almost enough I, to get this book. But how's this book been?
1: I actually enjoyed number one. Number one was a lot of fun. Uh, but Dugan does a good job writing it and making Cable seem more badass than he was in all the other X Men books. I feel like he's too chatty in the X-Men books, and I get he's a younger version of himself. That right, yeah, yeah,
0: it's a young cable. Uh... He's
1: he's in that flirty kind of I'm a badass stage, and he hasn't proven to be a badass. In this book, he actually feels like a badass, and it just kind of reminds me of when he was writing uh, Deadpool and how much fun that book was. It, it's, it's good, and I actually think it's one of the stronger X-Men books coming out other than X-Men itself.
0: Well, I do like the twist that so cable in the alternate future when he comes back and stuff like the reason why he's such a has a stick of his ass and it's a hard ass is because of all the bad shit that happened in the future and he's trying to save it right well if you have him in this utopia of x-men and he's reborn and everything's going fantastic and this is prior to him being hardened by bad times of course he's going to be like this is who he was beforehand and so it is a nice take to being like without all the bad shit that happened to him in the other place he is he is this jokey kind of guy but when bad shit happens, and, and he really he really did step up and be the person who was going to save uh, the world, basically. And But he didn't have time to joke anymore because of stuff being so serious. So, uh, in a way, I actually do kind of like that he is this kind of character. Uh, he's been in uh, X-Men every once in a while. He was in that uh, book we were getting, The Fallen Angels, right? Uh, and yep, I actually yep. did enjoy seeing him every once in a while. So, yeah. Um, I might need a. ah, Never mind. I was gonna say I might need a new book. Maybe not though. Uh, Empire number three. I think
1: think being one issue. I mean, only one issue has come out prior. It's a good time to jump on if you're looking to get a new book. And if you, I mean, if you like Jerry Dugan writing, then you're in for a treat. I need to
2: reread issue one because I can't remember if I said after that I'm gonna keep getting this book or I said I'm gonna drop it. I can't remember.
0: Uh, Empire number three of six, the event continues, the weekly event, uh, Al Ewing, Diane Slot and Valor Shitty. Um, just bring it up again because it's Marvel's uh, event. Uh, I did look back and do some research to see w- uh, what re- kind of reviews this book, this series is getting. I see about sevens and eights, so it looks like it's just decent, uh, which is fine. Uh I did see that Marvel announced, and I think, uh, Garrett, you're the one who showed me, that Marvel announced they're going to do another event for their winter event, and it kind of looks like uh, Dark Knight Metal. Yeah. What was it called? Do you remember? Uh,
2: no, because it literally, it was like Heavy Metal something with Venom and Carnage. Stupid.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's very similar. It's like Tom Taylor's writing it, and it's going to be like an alternate take where everything's kind of similar to Dark uh, di- or whatever the fuck it's called uh, Dark Knight's Metal uh, I mean we, they borrow ideas all the time I mean we got you know characters look the same so.
2: I feel like I'm going to get it though just because Tom Taylor's writing it and he's the best at doing like alternate House earth World. with all your favorite yeah. characters I like, mean if anybody's going to so write
0: it right, it. it's going to be him yeah uh, next on the docket here we have X Factor uh, number one by Leah Williams and David Baldian Mutants have conquered death. Uh, By the grace of the five, the resurrection protocols can bring back any fallen mutant. But such a huge enterprise isn't without its problems and complications. When a mutant dies, X-Factor is there to investigate how and why to keep the rules of reincarnation. Writer Leah Williams and artist David... Oh, they misspelled this name in this list. Uh Baldine, uh take North Star, Polaris, Prodigy, I Boy, uh Dakin and Prestige. Oh, Daken. Uh, and prestige into a world of murder and missing people. So it seems like uh almost the FBI of uh X Men. I really don't I mean, nothing against David here with his art, but um you know, I'll talk about this later, actually, because I don't think this is David's fault. I think it's the color's fault. I really don't like that kind of coloring style. And I have something not in any book we're going to review this week, but at the end of the show, we're going to talk about what we've been reading, catching up on. And there's a comic I read recently, and I have some I have a grape to, to air out. Excellent <laughs> uh, number ten, Jonathan Hickman, Lanelle Francis, you, Empire tie-in. The Summer family has grown a Krakowin home on the moon. Now some neighbors have moved. In. So we get back to Jonathan Hickman and his X-Men. Uh What do you think here, uh, Alex? Hell
1: yeah. <clears throat> that's all I need to say. Hell yeah. When Jonathan Hickman is writing X-Men, you know it's going to either be uh, full of building something or it's going to be a really badass issue, which I think about every other issue has been badass from this series. and X-Men you, itself.
0: I know Francis U is back on art, so um, we- that's good. I did so. Be uh, you look too. at the yeah the preview looks uh, pretty good. Uh, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Uh, Ryan Barrett, Danielle uh, De Nuccio, and Jamel Campbell are the cover there. Uh, as tensions rise between the Omega Rangers and the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers over the return of Spoiler, uh, Kimberly takes it upon herself to interrogate their new prisoner. Meanwhile, a team of Rangers on a crucial intergalactic mission come face to face with the herald of a new threat. Heading straight for Earth. Garrett, what do we think, Garrett?
2: Um, Okay. The book was really good. Like, up to issue 50. And, like, I still think it's good. But I hate when a book uses the crutch of going back to a villain they've already covered to keep... Oh, sorry. I guess that's spoilers. To keep telling storylines. Like, when I got to the end of issue 50... Alex, did you read issue 50 yet?
1: Yeah, I know who the dipshit is. I know he's okay. back. Okay,
2: yeah. And I'm just like, what the fuck? Uh, okay, I'm just going to go spoilers. Skip ahead, like, two minutes if you don't want to hear the spoiler. I'll give you it right now. Spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. Okay, Dracon is back. Boo, lame, boring. And then, issue 51, like, all the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, like, remember him. And I'm like, the whole fucking point of fixing, like... The time travel and all that bullshit is so all of you would fucking forget about Dracon. but now you all just know about him randomly. Bullshit.
1: No. Yeah. No, he showed up, that. and I he showed up, and I was disappointed. Like if it had been Rita who showed back up, okay, I can understand that. She's a pesky bitch; she doesn't go away. Um, it could have been anybody else on their roster, but Dracon, no one gives a shit.
2: I know, and I was like half expecting it to be like Ivan Ooze. I was like, you put Ivan Ooze in a fucking comic book, that thing will sell. Like, you wouldn't believe.
1: I think the problem is that you and I talked about it and built it up in our head going, yeah, this is where it's going to go, because that makes the most sense. They've gone past the Mighty Morphin, they weren't doing the dinosaurs anymore, they were doing the Unicorn and the Mystical Creatures. The next jump is Ninjas, Mighty Morphin Ninjas, and everybody wants to see that. Uh, Mm -hmm. That would be exciting. So I, I... I'm sure Ivan's on a, on his way, but after 50 issues and what almost 75 issues between this and Gogo, you need to be bringing somebody new. Yeah, you had you had Dane, and Dane was awesome, but he outlived his welcome. Obviously, I mean he was only in for what 10 issues altogether. That's all you needed him for.
2: Well, I guess Dracon's here to warn the Rangers about a new villain, but I'm like. Who gives a shit? Yeah. <laughs> of course Why there's a the new villain.
0: This? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Do you see comics uh, once again uh, pivoting to a different site? Batman number 96, Joker War, uh, reeling from the effects of. Is this right? It says August 96th. 5th. 96th. Dang. It says August 5th. But I clicked on comics for
1: this week. Maybe not. I do think. Let's see, 95 just came out last week. Let,
0: let me double-check my list here. It's very hard, DC. Like uh, Alex, you were talking about DC before, and uh, not too happy with them, are
1: you? Well, so, again, Gary and I were talking before the show while we are getting everything ready to roll, and Gary and I agreed, we're going to have to just be dropping books. And a part of it's not even... Our, our local comic book store got gypped on their DC order, which just kind of throws me off. And then I'm just like, you know what, DC? You've kind of gotten into that money grabbing scheme of everything. And after Red Hood is done, or after what fifty, I'm dropping off because I don't care anymore. Uh, mm-hmm. I dropped Wonder Woman after uh, Kelly Sue DeConnick is done on her run with Aquaman. I'm going to drop that book because I don't need it. I mean, I want I want good writers. I want good teams. I'm not and everybody else who's writing stuff, but I'm a man of uh, I got to know what you've done before before I jump on board.
2: Yeah, and you know it's. It's uh, kind of a shame, because you're right, I feel like Marvel has gotten back to the, like, the storytellers are really at the forefront of these books, as opposed, and DC used to be that way, like, oh, we have the best creative teams, but now I'm like, Marvel's kind of kicking your ass right now, DC. Even though DC's limited series and, like, alternate Earth stuff is still amazing, but their main continuity stuff right now, like, ever since Bendis came over, Kaka poo poo
0: uh, here we go on the actual list. Red Hood Outlaw number forty-seven uh, by Scott Lobdell and Paolo uh, uh So we have that Red Hood Outlaw coming out. And uh, you're still getting this book, right? Garrett announced.
1: Yep. Yeah. How's it been?
2: They uh, got you up can...
1: on the year because I'm not. Yeah,
2: I mean, you can tell it's kind of winding down. They've been following this storyline for a while now, where. Jason is trying to make this team something different than what it used to be.
1: Yeah, lame.
2: I know. So I don't know. You can tell it's coming to an end, and they're just trying to like make the storyline last. But there are still some good moments between Red Hood, Bizarro, and
1: uh, Artemis. Oh,
2: Artemis. Uh, especially, I might do a minor spoiler for you, Al. Sorry, but that's fun. There was a, there was a time where Artemis and what's her I mean, and uh, what's the weapon called? Essence. No, her weapon is it like? Oh, goddess? Um,
1: yeah, her axe.
2: Yeah, there was a there was a little bit where they were separated entities, but now they're back as one again, and I'm like you never need to separate ever again because the two characters separate of each other was so just lame. Um, So yeah, it's all right. But yeah, you can tell it's coming to an end.
0: Suicide Squad number seven, Tom Taylor and uh, Daniel Sampere on art. Uh, And he's out with a partner in his pocket. Deadshot walks away from the Suicide Squad in hopes in reuniting with his daughter, Zoe, and making things right at last. But you can't outrun your past when he's when it's still looking to kill you, and their family reunion quickly takes a turn for the deadly. To whom can Deadshot turn when he's left behind everyone who once had his back? How's this book?
1: Garrett, question for you. Yeah. When um was Batman in number six? Yep. Okay, so I am caught up in it. Uh, this book's amazing.
2: It's so it's one of the top. I might be one of my favorites of DC right now.
1: I'm gonna say, I'm gonna give it the top spot. Tom Taylor has written an amazing team. Uh, sure, spoilers. He killed one of my favorite characters, at least as right now. Uh, but he made up for it by bleeping out someone getting shot in the face. <laughs> Not that, I mean, I realize that was, that was the art, the artistry. But the whole book is just amazing. Uh, I realize Red Hood used to be on the top of this list. That was before the team got split up. I don't even care that I don't know who half the Suicide Squad is right now. It's so damn good.
2: Yeah, it's funny, it's edgy, you still got some of your classic roster from Suicide Squad, you got some new people, and then the, you know, the background of it has been like Amanda Waller and big government agencies and things like that, who who controls the Suicide Squad, and so that piece of it has also been really fun, and man, Tom Taylor's killing it this year.
0: Uh, Speaking of which, actually... Is he on here? No, he's not on here. Never mind. Uh, DC Cybernetics Summer number one. This is their uh, summer. You know, DC likes the holiday specials, right? They do Halloween, uh, Valentine's Day. Here's a summer. Get into the summer, huh? Anthology special. We have Joshua Williamson, Stuart Moore, Max Bemis, Steve Orlando, Andrew Constance, Paul Pottier, and more. Nikola Scott on art. Coley Hammer on art. David LaFuentes. I haven't seen David in far, forever. Uh, David? Steven. David, uh, Greg Smallwood, and then Dan Mora on the cover. It looks like we have here Harley Quinn and Cyborg Man Conqueror, Truly, Titanic Wiresly, Cyborg Superman, and Cyborg Superman. <laughs> Cyborg, comma, Superman, comma, and Cyborg Superman. So we got Cyborg Superman and Cyborg Superman. Finding it difficult to have a conversation, much less <laughs> a fight, and Batman tries everything to escape a summer cookout, uh, even taking the uh, omnipotent brother I and his newly infectious Omax. Uh, it's not just the cyborgs hitting the surf. Flashes from across the multiverse gather for rights to claim the flashes, fastest flash in the multiverse. The description continues. Mercury Flash. Is, is that meant to be in the solicit? The description continues. They're just telling me it continues. Uh, Mercury Flash from Earth 44 is out to win it all this year. And the only person standing in his way is Barry Allen. And Red Terminal is on a camping trip with his wife, Kathy, and his daughter, uh, Trya. But he's distracted by Justice League Matters. When a threat emerges, will Red Tornado be able to protect his family? So there you go. Uh, Obviously none of those stories uh, seem uh, too dire. It's supposed to be a nice, fun read. So if you are interested in uh, uh, these kind of books, uh, one is coming out this week. uh, Right in the middle of summer. So there you go. Uh, Alex, what do you think is going to be your pick this week? A lot of good choices here.
1: I'm going to go with uh, TMNT the annual twenty twenty annual get some tie back to the shredder T
0: M and T the shredder. You're gonna hear more information on whether or not he's a bad guy, good guy. Good choice, I think. Actually, uh, especially since you've been waiting on that information, like you stated, uh, get some nice closure and maybe uh, set up for what is to come in uh, Garrett, what do you think?
2: I'm going Suicide Squad number seven. Uh, this book has just been too great and. It's what I want. I've always wanted out of a Suicide Squad book. So I can't wait to hopefully keep getting this for a long time.
0: So I was going to say when I saw it on the list being and when we talked about a Black Magic 12, uh, but if I'm really going to be honest with myself, uh, when I was going through the solicits here and picking which ones I would talk about or you bring up the show here, when I saw that Texas Blood number two was going to be on here again, I did get excited. be like, oh, yeah, that's out this week. So I'm going to pick this that Texas Blood number two. So uh, I'm very interested to see where that series goes. Looks like now we're getting introduced to some more characters in the conflict of the main series. Now that Travis has died, his brother comes to town and uh, tries to figure out what's going on. So, Pastralo, uh, yep. we know you've been, like, you went off on a sabbatical, you learned the way of pressure, the way of humidity, the way of the sun, and moon. Uh, so what would you say for this week? What well, How's the weather looking? <sighs>
1: You know, it's going to be warm. It's going to be, I mean, when I say warm, still 80s. Still, It's going to be survivable. This is uh, at least where we're at South Dakota. It's always hot in the summer. It's always cold in the winter. It's always rainy when you don't want it to be. Uh, there might be a couple, couple spats of rain probably come Thursday, my day off. So, of course, it's got to rain. So that everyone knows I'm right. Uh, it's going to be, you know, life. You know what? I'm, let's, let's get philosophical, philosophy-like here for just a moment.
0: Philosophical? Is that what you meant?
1: It, yeah, philosophical. I like it. Sometimes it rains on your parade. Sometimes it's cold outside. Sometimes it's hot tamale. But you know what? That's life.
0: Yeah, what they say. That's
1: life.
0: Chilly today, hot tamale. Uh,
1: I know. I screwed it up. I wanted to be Marvin, and I, I just couldn't do it this time
0: those comics coming out for this week july 29th, 2020 get any of your comic book needs satisfied at rainbowcomicsandcards.com. if you're in sioux Falls, south dakota or lincoln nebraska they do have local uh uh branches there so check those out Rainbowcomicsandcards.com, however will ship anywhere nationwide uh so if you're interested in getting comics directly to your door and you don't have a local comic shop that's the one i would recommend rainbow comics uh, so we had a couple books this week. Not a, not a lot, right? Um, uh, there wasn't really a lot anyways that I got. There was one other book that I got besides the one that we're, we're going to talk about. Uh, I didn't get Chew number one. I didn't finish it. I read like half of it. Good so far. Um, but the book we're going to hey, talk again, about. I
1: need to finish reading Chew, the main series first? No, 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 no. Or no. Can you're, I just? You're good. Okay. Um,
0: okay. You just understand that people eat shit and they have powers when they eat shit. So. Uh, but, not not yeah. actual shit, like food. Um,
1: but but actually they kind of do. I'm sure they do.
0: I mean, you could eat shit and get something out of it. But uh, but we talked about and we were, we talked about last week, uh, the creating, creative team behind Coyotes, which you two had read and enjoyed, was coming out with a new book called Bliss, number one. That is Sean Lewis and Caitlin Yarsky. Uh, and so we decided to all get that and read it, try it out and see what we think. So basically, uh, the gist of the story is, is that there are these, it's kind of like a fantasy, urban fantasy uh, story. This guy is down on his luck. He's telling a story about his father and how his father treated him. And now that he is a father, or excuse me. Uh, so the son is telling a story. He's obviously uh, older. And he's telling a story about his father. When he was younger, the son was sick uh, and his father uh, was trying to help him and would do anything to save him. Uh, and so he is met by these gods and given a choice on saving his son uh, or not, uh, by killing uh, demons, am I right? Or other people? Who's he killing?
1: I assumed other people.
0: Yeah, okay, so he kills people.
1: Because the son is at like a, a, a judgment on the, his father.
0: Correct. So uh, they had shown that you take something called bliss, name of the book, uh, and when you take the bliss, you... L- Uh, lose the memory of the last couple hours so they were like hey you kill people for us we'll give you the bliss you'll forget about it you know there's nothing that's gonna be on your conscience and we'll pay you and you can save your son which first off i mean it is kind of a commentary on uh, modern day healthcare. that really the only thing saving his son from dying is that he didn't have enough money to pay for whatever he needed uh to get saved (laughs) um i thought that was a little like uh so basically they give him a suitcase full of money he walks in and pays them off and then his son's going to be fine then uh i thought it was a little sad being like the only thing that really that this son was struggling with is that they couldn't afford whatever they needed to do to, to uh, fix them um and now he has to do something really drastic uh to make that happen uh, what did you guys think of of, of somebody behind uh, one of you guys is the creative team behind one of you guys' uh, uh, series, comic book series that you had enjoyed. What do you think about their adventure on to uh, a new series here, Bliss?
2: You know, I thought it it was very strong opening. Um, the art was awesome. Uh, I love that art style. Um, who's the artist again? Is it Yarsky? Uh,
0: Caitlin uh, Yarsky, yeah.
2: Yeah, Caitlin Yarski, yeah. Uh, she kills it. Like, I love the coloring and the way she draws each character um, and the story was very interesting um, you know when I finished it I asked these guys for the show I was like you know this book's really cool if it's that uh, he's killing people and then they giving him a drug to forget his uh, his memory of it and they're like yeah that's the book I'm like okay I thought I read that but I just wanted to confirm that <laughs> uh, that's what you guys are getting too. but yeah very interesting concept and man you can just tell like It's like when uh, they killed John Wick's dog in the beginning of John Wick, you know, like he's going to do everything he can to I mean, this is a loose metaphor. He's uh, the dad's going to do everything he can to provide for his son. Even like at the beginning when he beats that giant thug up for an orange, because the son loves oranges. Yeah. I thought that was a really powerful moment.
0: Well, I was going to say that that's when the gods were like, they knew they got him. Like he'd do anything Mm -hmm. for his son, even to give his son a simple uh, present as an orange. Uh, and he beat up that guy who was way bigger than him uh and and just to get the orange back he didn't care about anything else he was like you take anything you want to just to take the orange and the guy's like well I love oranges too you know uh well he's like this, my uh, my son the orange is his favorite and he says me too and the guy's basically they cut two they show him coming into the hospital with the orange and a bloody hand uh they're uh, to your point Caitlin yarsky like I didn't read C- Coyote, so I'm not sure uh maybe i should go back and read it because um some of these uh panel setups are fantastic like when they're asking him if he wants to save his son and uh have you ever killed liberty no and he goes would you for your boy and you see him thinking about it and then it cuts to his son hooked up to the machines and it cuts back and he's just looking up and they hand him the bliss like it, you don't need any words for that. Like you could see it on the page of him making that decision and they know and they hand him the bliss to be like, Yes, for his son he will kill somebody. Uh so I thought like uh like you're saying, very powerful moment to be like or and also a very powerful uh movement behind the, the 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 story, like the force that of the protagonist here um to push the story forward is actually very interesting because he's killing somebody for his son basically taking a life for his son's life and we see a son in the future obviously confessing all this stuff to somebody to a judge i believe or something like that um and so the kind of idea is like how does this go bad and really you're kind of looking like these guys aren't trustworthy obviously i mean they don't look trustworthy uh to me um how is this gonna break bad um and uh but i really do think like Even though, like you were saying, uh, Garrett, like there's a John Wick kind of story, even like Breaking Bad, like what would you do uh, uh, for your family? Um, Even in that sense, I feel like this still feels fresh enough that I'm interested to see where it goes. And part of that is the art. Caitlin Jarski's art is fantastic. Uh, It's a very cartoony style, but yeah, not fully cartoony. Like It's it's almost kind of like an uh, adult cartoony. Like you would see this almost in like, um, maybe like a Adult Swim kind of like almost anime. Is that really anime? I don't know how to explain it. It, almost, I mean, it looks like a dark Disney kind of style, uh, which is actually very unique in comics. Because when you look at different kinds of styles that people have, uh, the very cartoony kind of stuff is more lent to lighthearted kind of books. So for her to use it in this kind of context, I feel like uh, really as to the phantasm uh like the the uh fantasy the uh, of the story and it kind of adds that twist where it seems real and yet you still feel like it's a fantasy book because of the style
1: i i think that the the selling point for me actually is just the dad's love for his son now i have a, I have a little girl that i have a daughter myself but uh if it came down to doing whatever I had to do for my daughter, there would be no holds barred on what, what's on the docket for me, uh, for this dad to get the gift for his son, which was just a simple orange and winning a fist fight. Or, I mean, I don't know if I would go as far as wanting to sell my soul, but I'm thinking in that, in that spare moment, you're like, you know what? I will do whatever I need to do. Uh, whether it's make a deal with these three demons or three, uh, monstrosities who are sitting in their hot tub enjoying their little sake or whatever they're having. Uh, I'll do what they want. Um, it actually kind of reminded me of Dr. Star and was The Future of Tomorrow by yeah. Jeff Lemire, that four-issue run. And at the end of that book, I, I remember being teary-eyed. I remember being choked up. And there were there was just one moment. It wasn't super, super big for me, but it was just that his agreement of doing, yes, I'm going to do whatever I need to do for my son. That really pulled me back and just reminded me going, okay, you know what? I'm going to enjoy this book. And deep down inside, I hope there's stakes. I hope there is that um, I want to get choked up. I actually kind of read books nowadays, kind of hoping for something to tug at the heartstrings. Uh, I don't think of myself as a, a Wolverine or a Batman who is devoid of, of love and and enjoyment. But I want, I want to feel that sadness almost. I want to feel what this this character is going through and so far this first issue has at least shown me that this book has the potential to do such a thing.
0: Uh, well, uh, the uh, kind of cliffhanger to the book is, is at the end he pulls his dad out of this kind of muck uh, and says that you're the only one who can stop the God of Oblivion uh, and they'll have to forgive you. Uh, they'll have to. So I am very interested to see where that goes. Um, the cover for the second issue is his son, uh, in the past, cause he's still younger, uh, holding an orange full of bliss. And so I'm very interested to see where that goes. But like I said, it's like an urban fantasy, but in the sense that like the fantasy stuff is very, I would say light. It's not super into it. Like you're not gonna, it's not really talking about like the magic in it is more kind of implied than shown. Uh, And so, you know, it really hooked me into it. I thought the writing by uh, uh, Sean Lewis was uh, great. Uh, There's a lot of it, which I explained uh, earlier, but there's more to it uh, that um, he lets the art tell the story. And I really do like when a writer trusts an artist in that kind of way. Like even the scene when um, he goes and kills the person, is implied like you don't see him kill anybody but you just definitely see the lead up to it and then it just cuts to the next scene and i think somebody who has that kind of ability to show less uh and do more with that uh i think in the end turns out to be better than somebody who shows more uh and do less with that so um uh I, i really like this book this was like a solid uh nine for me
2: yeah i'm sitting at a nine for sure uh not quite it's 10 but i'm imagining that at least one of these eight issues is going to be a 10 because it's leading to some fun fun storytelling and uh yeah we'll see what uh, these monsters really intrigue me i want to know more a little bit about that mythology but i'm sure we'll get some of that
1: i will side with a nine that's a good a good safe spot not quite 10 but like garrett said has potential uh Coyotes is on Hoopla actually, and Coyotes had a couple tens in my, in my recent memory. So I, I look forward to seeing where this book goes. What was it like ten issues? In these last seven issues,
0: Coyotes. What? How many issues was Coyotes? There's
1: eight. Eight. There's eight. eight. So there you go. Read
2: uh, it, Marvin. Read it. It's good.
0: All right. All right. I mean, I do see it here. Uh, so I will take a look at that. Um, you guys read a book, uh, correct? Power Rangers. Uh, what's it called?
2: Rangers Ranger Slayer number one. <laughs>
0: Do you know who the current uh, team is?
2: Yep. It was written by Ryan Perrette and art by Dan Mora. The Hell yeah. Dan Mora. Welcome back. He wrote a he did an entire issue all on his own.
1: <laughs> it's <laughs> not just that.
2: Christmas. It's Christmas in July.
1: <laughs> and So this was our Christmas gift. <laughs> <laughs> Although to be fair, he does do uh Once in Future, so
2: Okay, that's I don't want
1: I don't I don't wanna bust on him too much.
2: Yeah, I'm not a big fan of that book though.
1: Bite me. Gosh, you're wrong. (laughs)
2: Um, Well, so this is the year of alternate realities, because who would want to live in this actual reality right now? It's shitty. Um, So this story, I mean, it's not technically an alternate reality. We're in Dracon's universe, and this is a universe where Dracon has been killed by the ranger Slayer. Which is Kimberly Hart, an alternate version of Kimberly Hart. Um, basically, so she's kind of been exiled, and she stumbles upon Trini and Zack from uh, the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Um, and if you
1: remember, she. But, but this this universe is Zack and Trini.
2: Yeah, I, I, yes. so I don't want to. I
1: just didn't want to confuse anybody. It's right. not from the other Mighty Morphin, it's from this world's Mighty Morphin Power yeah. Rangers.
2: This whole thing is in the one universe where Tommy went bad and stayed bad and became even more bad, as Dracon.
1: <laughs> even more bad.
2: <laughs> um, hey, sorry. No, it's okay. And I guess I skipped a little bit. When Kimberly's out just chilling, she runs into some Necro Power Rangers, which are these Power Rangers with like green Huey smoke around them that kind of act like zombies or monsters basically so um they're like the undead power rangers or at least they have power ranger armor well then she runs into zach and trini um and they're the only remaining of the mighty Morphin team because kimberly killed she killed some of them i know she killed i think she killed jason i can't remember who she killed she killed it's either billy or jason I mean,
1: See, now, when, when did they get killed? Was this in... Before I got back into Power Rangers?
2: Um, no, this was during... You were still getting it during the uh, Shattered Grid storyline. Okay. They go into, into Dirkhan's backstory. But anyways, yeah. Billy and Jason die somehow. Horribly. And one, Kimberly killed one of them. But anyways, this is her... like. Gaining the trust back of Zach and Trini, and they're going to take down um, who well, it's. It's like monster undead Rita's fortress, because she's the reason that there's all these undead Power Rangers
1: roaming around. But did they? So in prior to this, I can't remember. Do they actually know that it's Rita beforehand? Because Trini talks about going. That let me go in by myself. Oh, I suppose. Because she's the one who betrayed everybody. She's the one who awoke Rita to fight the Scorpina and everybody else.
2: Right. So to basically help with the rebellion, Trini sought... She basically brought Rita Repulsa back to life, who was killed by Drakon. And bringing Rita back to life... Rita is the creator of all these undead Power Rangers or, like, zombie Power Rangers. And Zack feels betrayed because he did not know that she's the reason that so many, so many more people are dying uh, after everything they've been through. Um, so, basically, um, there is... They're all coming together to basically take down Rita... And while Trini and Zack are going to take on Rita Repulsa, Kimberly and my man Bulk are going to use a Dragon Zord to fight a giant zombie monster Power Ranger.
1: No, Goldar.
2: <laughs> well, yeah, Goldar. Right, you're right. They're fighting
1: Goldar because Rita brought him back, and you got Scorpina and Trini are going to go fight Rita as a team. While the whole time they're bickering back and forth between who's a better fighter. Right. And Zach's on the front lines with um Scorpina's army taking and on Adam. the army of undead. Yeah.
2: Adam's there and as well from the Isn't second... Aisha there? Yep, Aisha's there also. Okay. Cause it's just Aisha, Adam, Trini, and Zack. But Adam was on Lord Jokhan's army side. There's basically a ton of backstory. Um, and the fight scenes were pretty cool. It was, uh, and, you know, you see how much Balt cares for the Power Rangers and for Kimberly in particular, it kind of alludes to the Mighty Morphin Power Ranger series where he, uh, always had a huge crush on her, um, and even got to take her on a date once, so highlight of his life, um, besides meeting <laughs> Skull, of course, um, and there's a really cool scene where Balkan Skull gets to team up and fight some undead Power Ranger zombies. So that was pretty cool. Um, and then at the end of the day, and I'm butchering this because this is eighty pages. There's so much going on. Uh, Kimberly becomes the new leader of the Dracon armies because Dracon's never coming back, and so Kimberly gets the uh, Dragonzord armor, and she is now the new leader of the Dracon faction. Um. It says the end at the end of the issue, but I really was hoping because there's two new Power Rangers series coming out in November. I'm like, if there was a book about the Power Rangers team in this universe, I would totally get it. Um, But I don't know what those two other books are right now that are coming out, but I know there's Mm -hmm. one that's like a new Power Ranger team, and then there's uh, another one that's about uh, a
1: new Green Ranger so mm. uh, neither of those sound as interesting. Like, I actually really enjoyed this issue uh, as a one shot. And I actually thought it was going to be a five issue menu where she was going to be. Uh, I wanted more ranger slaying. I actually thought she was going to go around killing bad rangers, which sounded way like really, really interesting. And then the more I got into this book and to find out there's three different kind of factions, you got the Scorpina, you got the old Dracon, which I guess is Dracon's army. Mm-hmm. who Scorpina runs. You got the Rita zombie fight people. And then you got the, um, Oh, what do you want to call it? Like the rebellion, which is just Trini and Zach in bulk. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually it was like a really fun story. And to find out that Trini is so untrusting to Kimberly, but then to realize that Trini is the one who really betrayed everybody and kind of started all this BS that's going on right now. Uh, to be fair, Kimberly needs to take Trini out back and just beat the shit out of her. Just a little bit. Not kill her, but beat her. Okay, you know what? You're an idiot. Why would you ever, ever, ever bring Rita back? You remember all the years she caused us trouble? And then she brought Zed back into it? It's just... By the way, that Zed... Um, Zed... Zoid, Jesus. Dragon Zord. The Zord was ridiculous. Yeah, pretty like crazy. Z slash, it, you know what? That Z one plus the Dragon Zord together should fight the uh, heavy metal Superman that we got in uh, heavy metal. That'd be a good fight. That'd be a, that's what Death Battle Death Battle should have next. Yeah, actually really enjoy amazing. this issue.
2: Yeah, it's no longer about what the robot or Zord can actually do quality wise. It is about how they look going into battle and the. <laughs> yeah. Excess amount of resources you have to customize them based on their appearance. <laughs> but I would give it, yeah, I'm going to give it a 10. I mean, Dan Mora being on an entire lengthy issue of a comic was awesome to see, um, you know, carrying on storyline from the shattered grid and necessary evil bits, um, was also, I guess it was only shattered grid was fun to see, um, and it kind of just comes to show how much I'm not a huge fan of Dracon, but I love the universe that he came
1: from. So, I agree. I actually I would like to see more in this universe if it didn't have Dracon in it. If this was if we did a follow up from where we are now, or even as I was say before, but I don't want to see Tommy become evil. Right. That, I, that that would defeat the purpose of my enjoyment. But I just to think see Tommy and
2: Dracon are just so overdone. It's like new exciting villains but yeah i mean like why would you not do i have a news baby <clears throat> like that seems like a sure thing
1: i'd give it a 10 i did i did enjoy this a lot and for 80 pages it read way faster than 80 pages All right
0: power rangers the slayer. is it what's it called
1: <laughs> rangers slayer <laughs>
0: Uh, Power Rangers, uh, Ranger Slayer, uh, and, uh, Bliss, number one. Is that a number one? use it one shot?
2: Uh, yeah, it's a number one.
0: One shot. There you go. Uh, for this week. Those are the only two books that we, uh, all read, uh, at least, um, for reviews. But actually at the end here, uh, we'd be kind of, uh, uh, not only in comic books, but in other stuff, too. And I know people enjoy when we talk about uh, other things. Um, but we are a comic book podcast. So I just wanted to start first and see what else we have been reading. I know there's a couple books that I caught up with um, recently uh, that weren't going to be reviewed in the show. And I kind of wanted to talk about it. One of which being Giant Size X-Men Magneto, number one, I read. Uh, comic by uh, Ramon Perez and uh, the writing by Jonathan Hickman. Um, so this is a comic book I wanted to talk about earlier. Ramon Perez art. If you ever seen Ramon Perez art, fantastic. Uh, his style is one that I really enjoy. Uh, when he did the uh, Tales of Sand, uh, I thought it looked fantastic. Um, and he obviously, if you heard of last week's show, when we were kind of looking into it, he was brought in late uh, for this kind of comic um, he necessarily w- wasn't the original uh, artist um I thought the story is really good it's actually a nice uh, it actually is something that is probably gonna show up in the main series of what happens in it um, if for you two are you guys getting this book or have you read this book
1: I read yeah, it I have it. I oh, haven't read it but I have it so something
0: happens in this book which obviously is gonna, probably gonna come back later um, a character. Uh, is in this book that we've been uh, seeing this whole time, might be in business for themselves. Um, But the art, like I said, Ramon Perez is a great artist, and I just think the color is way overcolored it. It looks too cartoony and shiny. Everything, like, I don't know. It it obviously uh, overpowers Perez's pencils, and I just thought, like, I really couldn't, like, get into it super a lot because I was just like, I know his art's better than that. Uh, It wasn't bad. Like, the pencils obviously are there, um, but it looks too cartoony and too shiny for my taste. But I thought actually the story was decent, um, and I really did enjoy it. Um, there are uh, a couple good panels of Magneto. If you enjoy Magneto, I think you'll enjoy that issue. So I want to talk about that. And actually, um, uh, early in the show, I said I hadn't finished Chew. I just had a little bit of it left. And so when you guys were talking about Power Rangers, I finished the last couple pages. Um, and I want to say this. Once again, <laughs> going to talk about the art. Uh Jonathan Layman on the, on the actual book. This book actually seems less jokey than Chew. Uh, if you've read Chew, the main series, uh, it was riddled with jokes every issue. Not only uh, jokes uh, in the main story, in the forefront, but in the background, there would be jokes all over the place. And most of that was Rob Guillory putting jokes in the art. Uh, this one has a new artist. Um, Rob Guillory is not uh, on this book because he's probably doing his uh, farmhand uh, book. Um so instead we have Dan Boltwood and uh, you know what? I think it's I, I want to say it's a drawback. Like uh, I enjoyed this issue. I thought the the the, the characters are still there. Uh, the kind of universe that I read in, in the first series of Chew is still there. Like the powers that you can have and, and the absurdity of uh, uh, what's going on. People can have powers by like tasting stuff. For instance, there's somebody who is a cook, uh and when he makes food, he can make it so that you gain powers if you eat it, right? Uh he can make it so that you can eat this and get strong, you can eat this and get fast, uh certain things like that. Um and but every person has a different kind of power in that way. Uh but what I miss is that Rob Gilley would kind of take that absurdity of this kind of situation and have jokes all over the place. And it was fun to read, but fun to look at, too. And uh, it seemed a little more serious this time. There are still jokes, and I did enjoy it. Uh, But the art is basically just there to serve as a story. Like, there's nothing in the background, no jokes. There's no uh, background jokes. There's nothing really exciting about the art. Like, it's passable. Uh, It doesn't look bad, actually. It looks actually pretty great. It's more of a cartoony kind of style. Uh, In the actual term, now, like Bliss, where Bliss was like a dark cartoon, this actually is cartoony um but it's just it, it sort of service a story which is fine um and actually uh one thing that shouldn't bug me but it does bug me is tony chu does not look like tony Chu. uh i know you, you obviously change artists but you can't look at the old one and be like hey let's make him look like this uh because at first when he first shows up i'm like this is tony i would assume this is tony and because she calls him chu but i'm then i'm for a second be like maybe it's not exactly him But then you find out ASM, and I was like, okay, well, he looks different. Like, he looks taller and then skinnier uh, in a way, and uh, I don't know. We'll see how the rest of the series goes. I did enjoy this, and I probably will get the next one, Uh, especially on the uh, kind of uh, cliffhanger we're ended on and what they set up for the story, but uh, it wasn't exactly the hit out of the park that I expected from Chew, but I like it. It was enjoyable. (laughs)
1: You know, the weird thing that is, so there's that Outer Darkness uh, 2, 3-issue run that happened. Yeah. And Rob Gilroy actually does go in on that book. So when they're in the 2 universe, he does the artwork for it. And they had actually alternate covers between um, the Outer Darkness artist, whom, I'm sorry, I don't remember who it is, and Rob. And yeah. th- it's very good. But the the non-Rob Gilroy art, when I see Tony, he looks, he looks like Tony but he doesn't look like Tony. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like he's he too just skinny or he's too tall or he's too something.
0: Well, it, when Rob draws him, he looks unique. And like, I know that's Tony. When somebody else draws him, at least uh, Dan in this book draws him, he just looks like any other guy. And so um, it was very hard for me to tell like whether or not that was him or not. Um, but I mean, like I said, it's serviceable. It's not bad art. It's just not what I expected from this book and not what has been in this book prior. And he's obviously not Rob Guillory. And, um, when I saw the cover, the cover very much looks like Rob Guillory and then the internal art kind of takes that back a little bit. And I don't know if Dan was trying to establish his own kind of style while still, uh, hinting at Rob's style. Um, but it was fine, but it wasn't what I was expecting. And maybe that's my, my, my hangup, but, um, it was okay. So, uh, if you guys read anything that we have talked about on the show recently,
2: um, I was telling Al before the show I did just finish Death or Glory, uh, by Rick Remender with art by Ben Gal. Um Ben Gal does amazing like or was it Flaviano? I am it's no, I'm pretty Gal. sure it's Ben Gal. Yeah, I'm
0: pretty sure it's Ben Gal.
2: Yeah. And he the art was amazing. The story was was pretty pretty good actually. Um but you know, it just kinda comes to think that if Rick Remender's really got his stuff anymore, I mean, he starts so many new series, but a lot of them don't get a chance to end. And so this one, like if you think about Tokyo ghost and then you think about this story, like this story can't touch Tokyo ghost with a 10 foot pole. Um, but it, it was a decent ending. Um, unfortunately it got interrupted by the pandemic. So it's ending didn't really have a huge satisfying conclusion for me. um, And there was also, uh, okay, very minor spoiler, the Camaro in the beginning of the series gets, like, blown up, and there's a scene at the end where they're at Red's shop, and the Camaro's just sitting there in front of the shop, and I was like, bull fucking shit, I saw that thing get, like, torn to bits, like, that doesn't make any sense, um... Yeah, it was, a, it, was a de- it was a decent series, but uh, still didn't end the greatest. I don't think.
1: Well, I was telling Gary with with and not to diss on Rick Remender. He has written some amazing books in the past. It's just the current stuff that I'm seeing isn't as um, sometimes doesn't feel like it's as well thought out. Like "The Class" is even in the weakest parts of Deadly Class," it was still relatively enjoyable. And obviously, now we've gotten back into the full. An uh, ass-kicking, amazing, honestly mind-blowing book that it ha- should have always been, and most of the time it is. Um, I, I it took me forever to get caught up on Death and Glory or Death or Glory because I really didn't care. The things, the things that should have been wow factors weren't wow factors because they were impressive. They weren't. They weren't even wow. They just seemed like the norm, and that's maybe what disappointed me is that this Mad Max. Three issue run that they that three issues prior to this was just Mad Max stuff. We're running around, we're driving. It's oh man, it's crazy. Blah blah blah. We're gonna harvest these organs, and I was like, I don't think I care. I mean, I'm gonna finish it out. But there's one issue left to get, but it wasn't wow because I liked it. It was just wow. Like I can't believe this is passing as good.
2: Um, yeah, I mean it's. It was, it was interesting to finish.
0: You know what actually comes out next week? Or this week, actually? Oh, I should, I should have brought it up. You know what comes out this week? Uh, and it wasn't in our previews beginning because it's not actually an issue. It's a it's a hardcover. Uh, Pulp by uh, Sean Murphy. Not Sean Murphy. Um, Sean Phillips and uh, Ed Brubaker. So that'll be up. I this saw week. it
2: on the Solicits on Previews World.
0: I know, but I'm saying it wasn't a comic so I didn't bring it up. Uh, uh. uh so that'll be out this week it's very interesting uh, i'm looking forward to reading that um pulp i like though that's a that's a team we i know you were talking about this before uh, the show about like Rick Render his uh track record especially for a, a guy that started with a track record that we were like all over him. We We're like yeah it's everything he does is fantastic and then it kind of he spread himself maybe too thin uh, by doing multiple books and not finishing multiple books um I think Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips, that team, uh, is doing a good job with the kind of work they're putting out, being varied enough in genres, but also being varied in uh, uh, how they feel, but not stretching themselves so thin that A, doesn't come out in time, and B, there's no lack in quality. And actually, for somebody whose uh, books come out less often, Greg Rucka, I feel like at least his books... Have been at a, a caliber which I still enjoy them all, uh, even if they haven't come out on time.
2: Uh,
0: and that might not be his fault. That might be Michael Lark or that might be Nicola Scott, but uh, 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 I feel like his work has not dropped in quality. So, um, you know what I was thinking about, actually? Um, so, uh, Scott Snyder just announced over at DC, they used to have a writers' initiative where they would take people on board through a writers' workshop and kind of like train them. And teach them how to write and better their writing. And then they would kind of use that as like the jumping off point to see if they would want to hire them on DC to do regular kind of work. And for a while, they had stopped that. Uh, Scott decided he wanted to take uh, control of that and start it back up over at DC. Um, And it got me thinking, being like, it used to be there were a lot of writers... Uh, especially artists. I think I'm more into now. I think it's the artists that I enjoy still come out now, but there used to be a lot of writers that I was like, it was a strong, good five, seven years of like great writers, putting out great content. Um, nowadays, I don't know if there's a writer that is that strong. Like, I think there's writers that I enjoy, obviously that putting out content, uh, Chip Zdarsky being one on daredevil uh, and everything that he's been doing. Um, but in terms of putting out content like uh, Greg Rucka was doing at the time and Ed Rubick or was doing, Rick Remender, uh, doing their own content instead of superhero kind of stuff, and Chip might get there in a couple of years. Um, I don't think that I, there's many of those writers left, which I'm glad to see Scott giving back to the next generation to be like, let me teach you because that I believe like um, when he first started at... DC, I believe people like James Tinian and um, uh, Kyle Higgins, like they got their start writing for DC from that program and so uh, I would like to see uh, what comes out of that. So I thought that was very interesting seeing he's going to bring that back Uh, and uh, I look forward to seeing some new faces that uh, or new uh, writers that I'll enjoy uh, continuing to follow. So what about uh, uh, Alex? Uh, No spoilers for Garrett obviously, but you recently uh, finished the Last of Us Two. What do you think about that?
1: Oh, that's a loaded question. Uh, no it was good. Yeah. Okay. But, I mean, it it was good. I did enjoy it, um, but I've talked to another one of my friends actually about it, and he hated it. And I don't know how to how to not spoil it, so I don't want to say much about it. But it's it's even a week and a half later, I still am having a hard time figuring out. If I love the game, there's—I mean, I love the aspects of the game. I love the fight style is so good. I mean, it hasn't changed from one. I mean, all it is is it's you being stealthy, you taking out people. Um, but there's things that I don't—that's—that's that's a tough question for me to answer because I did—I loved parts of it. I loved the characters. I loved—I um, loved the setting. I love the—I mean, the whole game. I'm so anxious playing this game. Because I go in, trying to listen for anything that's going to come out and get me. And then when you have to jump into a hole and you're like, yeah, I know something's down there. But you can't see it until you jump down there. Uh, But it's one of those things without Gary being caught up, I don't want to say much into it. Because there's so much about this game, whether you liked it or not, that is either uh, a life-changing thing to see. Or by the end of it, I was so pissed. Either I'm, I'm either I'm pissed at the beginning or I'm pissed at the end. There's things that bothered me about it because I think this game was so visceral that it's hard to wrap your mind around it.
0: Well, you say, like, I remember I told you that, and the first one kind of ends on a happy note. Uh, actually, you finish that right, Garrett, the first one?
2: Yeah, I was going to say, uh, I'm now at least 10 years caught up because I beat the first one. So, I uh, like, the first um, one I
0: feel like... Is a gradual from like oh my god the world is ending and it kind of ends with being like well these two found each other right uh, the second one I Alex agree with uh, uh tell me if you agree with me or not I feel like it's depressing throughout the whole fucking thing <laughs> like never oh like you never feel good about anything
1: no and that's I mean yes
0: like it's a fucking game, hard I
1: feel good about any decision I've made
0: story wise it's a hard game to play and especially in these times. Uh, Like there's a lot, obviously there's been some sort of disease that has eradicated a lot of humanity. And then now you have these creatures that came from that and the world is in shambles. So you kind of have that in the back of your head while while everything that's going on right now, but just from the human side of it, everything going on, it's fucking dark, dude. Um, And uh, at times like you kind of have to focus on the gameplay, I feel like, and because the story is so dark and towards the end, it kind of gets hard to ignore uh, the story and not really like think about it. And like Alex said, like by the end of it, I was like, I was defeated. I was just like, God, this is so, like, I wanted to play more. Like, I think I, I enjoyed it more than uh, uh, Alex said. Alex is still kind of deciding on it. I think you would have to play probably one more time and figure out his thoughts on it. But um, I think we both agree by the end, you're exhausted and being like, I need to get out of this world for a second. Cause like it pops up right away being like, do you want to do a game plus? And it's like, how about we take a couple of fucking weeks here? All right. Like, I don't want to go well, back into this world.
1: Like, I started Game Plus, and I i mean, part of me is now doing, like, a 100% collection, where I'm, I'm... I put the accessibility so I can ding stuff and find it so that I can get the trophies, because this is a game that I want 100% complete. But I also wanted to relive the story, and I got to a part where I'm just like, okay, I'm not, I'm not ready to be in this chapter yet. Uh, so I had to take a step back. And so a part of it's just that... I, I know what's coming, and I i don't think my heart and my brain was ready to be that depressed and yet so angry. And so it's it just, yeah, like you said, this game is just it's, its depressing, and it really does kind of screw with your emotions on what a game really should be, and I think that's probably what a lot of people... Um, I know this game is divisive no matter which way you stand on it, there's something you're going to love. Or there's things you're going to hate. But this, there's so much... And, and maybe that's part of it. Is this game just feels too much like what real life really would be like if we got to this shitty of life... If, if, if life became this shitty where cities are overrun by monsters and people... I mean, you don't trust anybody in this game because everyone's going to stab you in the back I beat the shit out of you.
0: I definitely also do feel like... I don't know if... Uh, uh, I know, Gary, you said the first one, there's like moments where it was like uh, scary. Like, it is a horror game, obviously, but um, a horror adventure kind of game. I feel like that second one is way scarier than that first game. Like, I played with headphones most of the time, and I don't know how many times I fucking jumped out of my fucking body playing that game. (laughs) Like, it's terrifying. But I think that's because, like, it's so. The game looks fantastic, but it's so dark and depressing, and you're always in that kind of like it almost kind of makes you numb and then you kind of get out of it. But because you have to go from the human side of it directly to fighting for your life with these monsters, um, it feels exhausting, but also like that helps make it more tense because you're tense with what's going on in the story. And then all of a sudden it's like, now you also got this to deal with. So I thought it was really good about that point about making the atmosphere um, uh,
1: the w- more real. The one thing I enjoyed about this game is that the AI, when it comes to the humans, so I, I am all about taking out everybody as quiet as I possibly can. Uh, sometimes that's using a, a bow and arrow to people's heads. And I took out three people with the bow. And I'm thinking, okay, no one's going to know where I'm at. The three people that were left go, the, the shots are coming from over here. Because I'm guessing they figured out where my arrows were sitting in people's skulls. <laughs> Yeah. And so the the guy character goes. Yeah, she's over the. She is over there somewhere. Go look for. Her.
0: That's the thing is, and so they, that, they kind of look is is in that, that the area. Molotov? They don't know exactly where you are, which would be kind of cheating. Being like, yeah, of course you know where I'm. You're the game, but they know the general area.
1: Well, I gave myself away? Because I there's a car in my way, and I I hit the car with my maltov. And I caught one girl on fire, but the other girl saw me. So then I only figured out where I was.
0: I will say, I um, and then we can move on to something else, but I will say uh, one cause of frustration in that whole game is that for a lot of the game, you have different kinds of AI partners, and those guys are fucking stupid. <laughs> like, uh, I I don't feel like they ever helped me at all. Um, uh, so much so that there's one person, I won't say who it is to not spoil anything, but. Literally looked at me like five times in a row, get bitten by a fucking, um, uh, what are they called?
1: Clicker? Clicker. A clicker.
0: A stock a clicker. And and because I, I was like either reloading and the person just sat there with a fucking shotgun in, in their arms. And I was like, shoot this fucking thing? What are you doing? And I kept dying. Yeah. And so I'm just like, uh, and so in that way, I was frustrated being like, dude, I know you got ammo. You haven't done shit this whole time. And B, this guy is literally like right in front of him, and he sees that he's coming for me. I like shoot him! Uh, but they that they would never do that. So, um, yeah, the weapons I, are
1: good in this game. Yeah, I like that.
0: I think, if a gameplay standpoint, at least it at least uh, is better than the first one. Like, I don't think you can argue that the gameplay is worse. I think it's way better than the first game. So,
1: there's there's one weapon that Ellie has that makes a difference in the play. I don't want to say it because I want Garrett to find it when he eventually gets to this game. Uh, but I'll, I'll text it to you, Marvin. But it's the best weapon that I wanted in the first game. And you kind of have it in the first game. But its sole purpose is that much better in the second game. In game two. Uh, so anyway, to change it, I actually started playing Borderlands 3 again. And I made my one character look like Bebop from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. The Warthog guy. Uh, it, it's the best character I've ever had. <laughs>
2: Um. Uh, last weekend I watched The first season of The Boys on Amazon Prime Oh how is it It was amazing it was so good uh, The cast is great And Carl Urban Man do we need another Judge Dredd Because holy shit is he a good actor So I definitely recommend it And season 2 comes out September 4th So Totes recommend
1: <laughs> I uh, want to my... read the
2: comic after watching it So
1: there's only one thing that I, uh, yeah. I know from the comic book that I don't want to read, and it's disgusting, but I want to see the show. I, my wife and I haven't started it because I don't think she's ready to yet, but I, I want to dive into this. Yeah,
0: there's show. a lot of uh, uh, adaptations of shows recently that I need to catch up with. Like, I need to catch up with Doom Patrol. I need to catch up with Umbrella Academy. I need to catch up with the boys. Um, Old Guard just came out, and, and Garrett said it was great. Oh,
2: it's so good.
0: And uh, uh, there's a Lazarus series coming, which if I don't catch up soon enough, I'm going to be behind on all this shit. So um, I look forward to it. And I know I was saying, like, you know, what's with me is that I go through phases of, of like what I'm doing. Like if I'm playing games, I'll play games for a while and ignore area other medium. And then I'll get into like TV shows. Like I recently just got through recently watching a lot of TV um, uh, Unsolved Mysteries. Obviously, we talked about an episode a couple weeks ago. Watch a lot of that. I watch a lot of documentaries. I watching a lot of, like, docs or uh, uh, video essays on YouTube. Uh, that's where I kind of am right now. And then, I like, I get into movies, and then, like, I'll get into books and stuff that. and then comic books again. Uh, comic books seems to come back more often than anything else, just because we do the show. And so, uh, it's constantly, at least once a week, I'll, I'll read some comics. So, um, but... Uh, what? So the TV part of it, and I know, like, it feels like I should be able to catch up on all this stuff, but there's just so much you can watch out there. Um, I was just thinking about it today, like Peacock, NBC streaming app just came out uh, last week. It's free to use with ads, and then there's some stuff behind a paywall, or hey, you, if you don't want ads, you can pay for that too. <clears throat> but then HBO Max, uh, which I recently got, and then like Disney Plus, like there's a lot of stuff to watch, and it also not only goes from new stuff, but then you can go back and watch stuff. Like, there's certain things I want to go back and introduce my uh, kids to, or I want to kind of revisit it to see if it's still good. And maybe I was just, you know, uh, I enjoyed shit as a kid. Like, I'm kind of curious to be like, Is, was this good? Or was it just because I was like, uh, and I watched, uh, oh, I watched like uh, 20 minutes of a Disney Channel movie, and I realized uh, it was shit. I was just a kid. And I was like, hey, this kid's like me. He goes to school. Um, and and uh, uh, so it's very interesting to me that you have all these services now. Uh, and they like the main draw to any of these services, obviously is original content. Uh, and so obviously they're going to pull for more kind of things to adapt. And I feel like, uh, comic books, uh, not just superhero stuff, but comic books like have been a big pull, like Mark Mailer, obviously made that deal with Netflix and they have the order, which is based on the magic order, um, over at Netflix that's been on. I didn't even know that was fucking on. Like, (laughs) I mean, that's like how out of the loop uh i am the
2: order we, is about the magic order
0: yeah that book remember that book we used to read <laughs> um, seriously
2: oh i saw that and i was like oh
0: i, I read the description it sounds very much like it now i might be 100 wrong but the description and it says it's based on a comic so i didn't really look into it super much uh but i assumed being like oh the order is about magic and i was like okay that's probably that book um hmm. uh and we know Jupiter legacy is coming to netflix soon i believe they had uh they revealed the cast recently i think i think so um, so just like a, a like comics. I feel like right now is obviously a gold mine for a lot of people to mine from, but also on, on this side of, of the fence, it's hard for me to keep up with everything that's coming out, uh, because there's so much. And I hear actually, you know what? It's not like umbrella Academy, the boys and doom patrol to be so sp- uh, specific. Uh, I hear are all great. And it's just a matter of me, you know, inhaling that content that they're putting out there. Uh, and, uh, I was also watching um uh, and I know I'm kinda rambling here, but let me uh, uh uh let me actually go back to Garrett. You said you watched the boys and you said it was fantastic. Uh Carl Urban was uh, uh great in that series. Did you only really watch did you watch the whole thing or just season one?
2: There only is season one out.
0: Oh, is season two coming out?
2: Season two's coming out September fourth, <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh, okay. I've been s i have been I saw a lot of trailers for it, so I assumed <laughs> it was on right now. Like I said, I can't give up with this shit.
1: Sorry. I'm just laughing because he told you that.
0: Oh, did you? Okay. I think I was in my own head being like, wow, i got to catch up with that. Um, (laughs) uh, uh, So that, Umbrella Academy Season 2 just came out, I believe. Or is it coming out?
2: I don't know. I need to watch Season 1 of that because I haven't watched that.
0: Now, do you know Doom Patrol Season 2 is happening right now? So that is true. (laughs) Because uh, I saw ads for it. Um, Which actually, so that's also very interesting to me is that it used to be on DC Universe. And then when HBO Max said, hey, we're making HBO Max, that's one of the series that they were like, hey, let's bring this over and it's going to be an hbo max series and then it'll also be in dc universe but we're going to promote it as an hbo max series like that that's how much they believe in that show which is very curious because doom patrol is not like a mainstream super popular comic uh but obviously they think it's good enough for them to make one of their uh flagpole uh shows over there and also they just recently announced that they're going to bring harley quinn season one and two over to hbo max i think in a couple weeks here which which season one of that's fantastic so i'm looking forward to season two uh and watching that so um what i was gonna say is i was watching spider-man 2 uh the movie Tobey Maguire, uh sam raimi um have you guys watched that recently
2: no i did a couple months ago
0: you know when i was so watching it and um the thing that i noticed and i don't think i've i like i feel like every rewatch if i've had of spider-man 2 um I don't notice, like, it still looked like it was good, but this last time I watched it, you can obviously tell CG is, like, dated, um, mm-hmm. but, but what's cool is that there are practical effects, so those kind of, like, meld it together, and uh, uh, you really like it. You notice it, and then it goes away, and it's actual practical effect, and then, so it's it's not super distracting. It's a little bit. Not super distracting. Um, uh, Doc Ock's uh, arms are really distracting, because most of the time they're CG, but I was watching that movie and speaking to this now, when I was saying like all this, co- all this comic book content is being adapted and actually being adapted. Well, I was watching Spider-Man two and I remember thinking, I remember when I used to be like, this is the best comic movie of all time. Um, at that X-Men two, like I th- I thought those two were like fantastic. And they, I mean, they are still so great movies, all these movies that I enjoy, but now I'm thinking to, uh, uh, some points like, um, Joker recently was nominated for an Oscar. Uh, and then we have you know the Marvel movies, those are a different caliber, I think. I was thinking about it. I was like, that Spider-Man movie is good, that X-Men movie is good, but they're not that caliber. Like they really in the last 10, 12 years have jumped in caliber where you went from like, hey, that's a good action movie to be like, this is a fucking good movie, like backwards and frontwards. Um uh, do you guys think that or do you think that really it was like do you still like do you think Spider-Man 2 and X-Men 2, like those older kind of movies? still hold up to comic movies of today?
2: Uh, I think it's so different. I mean, I f- it's kind of like... I think of it as like Smallville to the Arrowverse on TV. Like, it's... You couldn't have gotten here without the foundation of what came before. Um, but it is, it is better because of those movies that came out before. So I think they're different enough. Uh, and yeah, I mean about Avengers Endgame was was there ever an idea back in 2003 that you were going to have 20 plus superheroes on the big screen all at once. No freaking way. So, absolutely, the caliber is way bigger now.
0: Which actually, I was also uh, recently watching the end of Endgame. Uh, I think like a clip or something like that. It'll get just popped up so I decided to watch it. Um, It also made me think that we kind of ended our marvel universe uh with that movie like it really was a good bookend for all those movies and because of the pandemic uh we haven't seen any more since then so it does feel like a long time uh since we've had a marvel movie even though that was just last summer um and like i was very curious because there's black widow toys out because i was expecting the movie to be out already uh and uh, when I was at Target with my son recently, like I saw them and they did a new costume. Everything's there. Like it's ready to go. Uh, it, they all, all the toys were still there. Like nobody has bought any of those toys. And so it makes me think like this next phase of Marvel, are people still going to be into this or is like this gap, like is this gap going to make you more excited to see those movies or is this gap being like, you know what, I really didn't miss them. I mean, I don't really need to see these movies anymore.
1: I think unfortunately it's it's the best way to start your phase four though. I mean it really has been. We've given Endgame not by choice but by circumstances. We gave Endgame its its end, its final. So we're gonna start at phase four with Black Widow and it's gonna be the beginning of the next ten years of movies. Where we're gonna have that nice settling in from Endgame to something new, and I, I, I mean, I'm still excited to see Black Widow. I'm weary on what else is gonna be coming out, but I know once we get into Black Panther two, and we get into Spider Man three, and we get back into those other individual movies that remind me why I like the MCU so much. And when we get that next Captain America Winter Soldier movie, that is just amazing. Not obvious, not not that specific movie, but I get a movie of that caliber that. For the next ten years, is going to be a number one movie for me. On um, just movie, not even action, not MCU, but just movie that I enjoy. Uh, I'm looking forward to that. Like there's that movie goer in me that wants to find another piece of gold that I can tell everybody on this show I love without a doubt. And you can tell me there's a mistake in it, and I'm not going to see it because it doesn't matter. I'm because excited.
2: You're I'm excited to see how the Disney plus TV shows in the Marvel universe kind of interweave into the movies. Like that's something they always tried to do with like agents of shield in the Marvel movies. Yeah. But Jeff Loeb was always like similar, but not the same or whatever their stupid rule was. Um, so I'm excited to see like things in the movie, affect the TV show, but maybe the TV show affect the movie that comes up after it. And yeah, I'm just pumped
0: um i did see recently that you know they delayed a lot of those shows in one division one division was one of them being like this is delayed and tom king on twitter was like but you can still read the book and he promoted vision um so i guess it is based on the vision the book uh at least what tom king's saying um which makes sense i mean those two are part of that and it kind of looks very similar to that but i just didn't know that they were going to go that route with it so uh i and replaced basically half scarlet Witch instead of uh vision's um Viv? No, that's the girl.
1: The wife, though. Yeah. Whatever um, her name was.
0: So, I mean, I find them very interesting that that's where they're, they're going to be their take on it. And like Garrett said, I'm very interested to see, like, that Hawkeye series and Hawkeye series. Yeah, Hawkeye series and uh, Falcon and Captain uh, Falcon and uh, Winter Soldier, which got delayed also. Uh, and Loki got delayed, I believe, too, which makes sense. But um, a lot of the stuff, I'm very curious to see. Like, I don't know. I just feels like TV, obviously, we have all this other stuff coming out. Like I said, I'm behind on the TV kind of stuff but it seems like at least the Marvel stuff is on hold, and who knows for how long, and who knows when we'll get into it. Uh, and it almost seems like it's over, because we had that bookend, and uh, we haven't started the next one, and uh, I kind of uh, forgot how it works, you know what I mean? All these uh, movies tying into each other, all these Easter eggs and shit, I'm, I'm out of practice.
2: Hmm. Oh, if there's one company that'll get you back, it'll be Marvel, So
0: Yeah, um, by the way, uh, I just saw before I came on the on the podcast that Tenet uh, is gonna release internationally uh, in August and then in the US maybe in September. <laughs> so they just oh, said God. they just they just said, Hey, you fucking guys are doing something over here. We're just gonna release it internationally and maybe you guys will see it one day, but um, yeah, so whatever. they uh, are going to
2: lose so much money, people are going to pirate the shit out of You that. know
0: what? Actually, do you guys remember, and this is the last thing I'll say before I wrap up the show here, because uh, we're way off topic from comics, but in um, <laughs> Star Wars episode, in the pre prequels, uh, Alex, have you seen the prequels? Yes. So you know when they go to the Senate, and they're in those like floating kind of cube things, but they're all separated, uh, and that's how they talk in the Senate, like how those seats kind of look? You know what I'm talking about?
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: I saw somebody had posted uh, there's this company, uh, a theater company that wants to make socially distance theaters um, because I don't think they, they think it's going to get back to normal for quite some time. And they kind of want to have something where people feel safe, go to the theaters. And it looks like that, like the seats, like you basically go into uh, uh, a circle that's your own, like your family sits in all these chairs and they're all kind of socially distance. Uh, the theater obviously has to be way fucking bigger to like kind of stack them. Uh, and have the screen way bigger. But I was looking at that and I was like, that is Star Wars and that's the Senate room. And actually, it wouldn't be bad. Uh, as somebody who used to work in a theater, though, I, I don't know who the fuck's going to clean that thing. But uh, uh, I will enjoy getting back to the theater and watching some movies. I have been enjoying... Watching stuff on demand and, and stuff comes out. It is kind of nice to be like, "Hey, it's right here. I can watch it myself." But there's just something about getting out there. Like I haven't seen you fucking guys uh, since March in person, um, uh, right? No, yeah, I haven't. Um, uh, and so it just would be nice to get back together. So that's all I'm saying. Um uh, it's like I said.
1: I saw Garrett a couple of weeks and couple of weeks ago at the shop though. It's yeah. nice. Yeah.
0: Well, you know what? Like I said, it's July. It's the end of July here, and we kind of we're in the longest year of uh, the last decade. But yeah, also rushing by us like a, like a a waterfall uh, against the s- a salmon's uh, skin. Uh, we are the time bandits and uh, are uh, moving through time as quickly as we want to. So uh, that does not make sense, and it's not meant to. So. Um, uh, speaking of which though Time Bandits is on HBO Max that's my recommendation of the week if you want to watch a good fun sci-fi movie Time Bandits it's about some dwarves that go through time oh,
2: um, what, what streaming service is that? HBO Max
0: Um there nice. we go Wednesday Comics 605 at gmail.com is the email address 605 215 uh, is the number to call leave a message or go to anchor.fm to subscribe to the show but also you can leave a message where it says leave a message I can also go to anchor.fm uh excuse me, anchor.fm slash Wednesday Comics. You can also go there to uh see um our link to our merch. I don't bring that up that often, but if you're looking at our merch, you know what? I wore this uh nice Wednesday Comics uh shirt. I got a nice light blue, uh pink text that looks fantastic. Uh, uh out in my vacation. Uh and uh, uh I like the way it looks, so Uh, I think it's a nice, sleek logo. Uh, You're looking at it here. If you like that podcast logo, you can get that on a T-shirt. Any color you want to. Um, Find us on Twitter, at Wednesday Comics. We're on uh, Alex, at Alex Pastrello. Garrett, Garrett at Garot2188. That's G-A-R-O-T, 2188. You can find me at Marvin underscore Saw That's S-A-L-G-U-E-R-O. We also have a book club. Is that correct?
2: Yes, Wednesday Comics League of Extraordinary Gentle People proudly presents.
0: We are going to be reading uh, New Avengers Breakout by Brian Michael Bendis and David Finch. I actually started uh, reading the first part of it, and uh, two pages in, Alex is going to be in. I guarantee you. Two pages in, he's in. Um, so I'm very we'll like. S- we'll see. Like I was saying in the past, we didn't have the blockbusters this year. The s- summer movie season is over. Uh, usually it was May, June, July, and in uh, August, a couple of them trickle out, but they usually shit in August. Um, uh, and so the movie season's over, but it's not over for Wednesday comics. We got new Avengers. And if you haven't read it before and you're missing your Marvel movies, that's the first place to jump on and read that book and give us, uh, uh your feedback on what do you think about the book? Like I said, 605-215-1849, Wednesday Comics 605 at gmail, excuse me, yeah, at gmail.com or on uh, Twitter at Wednesday Comics. Uh, we are interested in hearing what you think of New Avengers Breakout. So, uh, good show. A lot of stuff to talk about here. I feel like this upcoming week of comics is a nice uh, chunk. It uh, feels like a, a good start to our August, actually, but uh, it won't be August yet. it would be close enough, though. Um, and I'm looking forward to seeing what black magic brings. I'm looking forward to seeing you know what, what's going on with uh, the X-Men i'm looking forward to seeing you know what's going on in the sender you know I'm, I'm caught up on this book this sender fantastic so uh, <laughs> uh, very curious to see where everything is going and uh we will talk about that next week with you for wednesday comics i've been marvin
1: i'm alex i'm garrett hey everyone stay safe and keep turning those pages <laughs>